now we've had uh, the bread up the back that uh, sustains our bodies and now we're looking to God for the bread of life that sustains uh, our spirits in Jesus' name. Now, the gospel throughout uh, Scripture is uh, it's a mystery that's hidden and it really should arouse our best and most active and deep thoughts. We ought to be thinking much about it. And uh, it's, uh, the Bible is, is like a mine where we, where we dig in underneath the, underneath the upper parts of the earth and we dig down looking for some gems or gold or, or other kind of precious metals. And the Bible is very much like that. It's a mine of great truth. And uh, um, so the most relevant, uh, sorry, sorry, the most valued things of revelation in the Bible are concealed by the great creator and redeemer, Jesus Christ, from the common world view. And we need to be able to search the scriptures. And that's why the Bible tells us to search the scriptures, to don't just read it like you might read a novel but search the scriptures, digging deep into it that the Holy Spirit might take some of the more powerful truths of God and apply them to our lives and help us to be uh, better followers of Christ. Now, as we are reading through this, I was reading through this the other day, I noticed once again Paul using the term to the saints. And... uh, you know, there are some words that get misused so much and so often that the real term, the real meaning of that word is lost. And uh, I know one of those terms is cool. Who knows what cool means anymore? We don't really know. Cool is, could be good or it could be a temperature or I don't know, or hot. It, you know, there are a number of things like that today that are misused, and, and that might be a, a trivial thing, but when it's applied to the Scriptures, we have a real problem because if we misunderstand what the Scripture is saying because that word has been misused out here, then we won't understand the more powerful truth that God is wanting us to know. Now, this here, to the saints and faithful brothers in, in uh, Christ at Classic, I just want to just pause for the moment before we go on and uh, I just might uh, remind you that there's a few people that need to leave in, uh, in shortly, so uh, don't be upset when, uh, when they get up and walk out. <laughs> saint or saintliness? Sainthood. The word saint actually is a Latin word and it means holy and eminently godly godly people. Uh, that's where the, the, uh, the term comes from. Now, of course, that has got applied to a certain class of people these days. And uh, even to the point where uh, the, the head of one particular church can look back over the history of that church and say, well, well that particular person there uh, was a very eminently godly person and did all these good things and, uh, and even did some miracles. And so we now declare that person to be a saint. 
And so we get this idea that saintliness and sainthood is removed from the common people and placed to a certain group of people. Paul doesn't use it that way. Paul does not use it that way. In fact, the word uh, saint uh, coming from the, translated the word into saint, is uh, 55 times in the New Testament, and and it's even applied to what is called carnal Christians, those who are not yet walking in, uh, in some level of victory in their lives. They're still struggling with a lot of issues. It's applied to uh, some carnal Christians even. Paul applies it. Uh, in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, uh, saints will judge the world, and if the world is to be judged by who? By you. Right, So it's not just these special groups of people out there. Um, And uh, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2, it says, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who are in every place, called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and Saviour. So what does the, uh, the word mean? One net result of the misuse of this term is the obscuring of true biblical meaning and the avoidance of its serious use lest one be regarded as spiritually proud. And so we, we get this idea, well, if I, if I use this term to describe us as Christians, then I'm spiritually proud, and that's one of the problems in the misuse of it. Uh, nevertheless, biblical basics remain. Man is hopelessly lost and away from God, sinful in act and disposition. And secondly, God, by his redeeming grace in Christ, and the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit can deliver man from all sin and make him a saint fit for heaven. This sainthood is not an attainment that we we strive for and we reach. It is a gift of God as he cleanses us and cleanses our nature. It is a state into which God, in his grace, calls men. Right, and that's an important thing for us to remember. It's a state in which God, uh, in his grace, calls us into his presence. So there is the order of salvation by which God makes saints is, first of all, conviction of sin. Now, I mentioned earlier on that... um, before the Lord came into my life, I was a Sunday school teacher and I, I um, was a, a youth group leader and I went to church regularly. I won't tell you what I did on Saturday nights because you already know that. I'm surprised that in God's grace that I survived those years. But there's a conviction of sin. And people, I remember that night. It was such a powerful, powerful night. 
when the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you are the one that needs saving. You are. It's a personal call from God to your heart. Have you been listening for his voice? He may be calling your heart today to be called into what Paul here is describing to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. He's calling you into that state by his grace and by his mercy. But you're not listening. You're, you're captivated by this and you're captivated by that. All, the, all these things in this world that we live in are distracting us away from the voice of God, that still, quiet voice of God. My friends, now you might have given your heart to Jesus some time ago, but you've kind of plattered out. And you might have even gone into a bit of a dip. Instead of walking on through life joyous, as, a, as the scripture calls us to be, there's a depression and there's a, there's a sadness in your life and, and you've forgotten the great grace and mercy that God brought into your life. Well, today are you listening for that quiet voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? Um, C.S. Lewis wrote a, wrote a book entitled it Surprised by Joy. Well, that night I was surprised by the Holy Spirit. And he spoke to my heart, are you listening? Are you listening to what Jesus is speaking to you? So there's a conviction of sin that is needed, that we might understand that we are lost and that we're not just going to stumble our way into heaven, but we are needing to respond to that call of God because in the Gospel of John it says, to those who received the Spirit of God, to those who received him, Jesus, to them he gave the power to be a child of God. So there is a power that belongs to God that we do not have that he gives to those who respond to Jesus. Have you responded to Jesus? Or have you responded to a church culture? Have you responded to just doing this and doing that and, and uh, filling a roster up here and, and there? Uh, there's something far greater than, than the mere duty of coming together on Sunday. So conviction of sin. I knew that night that if I had have died the day before, I would have gone to hell because I did not know Christ as my saviour. So conviction of sin is needed in the first point. And secondly, there is the conversion, which is, uh, is called uh, initial sanctification. It's that initial sanctification, the initial giving of grace to a sinner, that he might respond, as John talks about, to them who receives Christ, to them he gives the power to be a child of God. It's a, it's a grace. It's a great grace. Are you listening for the voice of God 
calling you out of darkness? Or are you listening to the voice of God today calling you to that higher highway of holiness that we read about in uh, Isaiah, I think it is. The highway of holiness. He is calling all Christians to walk that highway of holiness. And which brings us to the third point in the order of salvation, that is conviction, conversion and progressive sanctification, where we continue to walk in the grace and the mercy of Christ as he begins to reveal ourselves more to us. I mean, there's nothing that we could, we could um, do or say or tell God that he doesn't already know. There's nothing about us. There's no secret thought, secret action that no other person saw or no other person heard us utter. There's nothing of those things that we could confess to God that he would say, oh, that surprises me. You did that? No. Everything about us, God knows. And he still calls us into his grace. He still calls us into his grace. Are you listening? Are you listening to the Spirit of God? Where are you today? Are you walking in darkness still or are you walking in that carnality which God is calling you to grow out of, to get out of that and to walk that highway of holiness, honouring God in all ways that you have to do? Of course, um, there is another stage in our journey with God and that is glorification. That's the one that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward. People tell me that they, they wonder why I'm looking forward to dying. Well, they must not know Christ very well or they must not know him at all. But I am looking forward to dying. I don't just die right now, but I'd like to finish what we're doing here. But my friends... The glorification. That's what God is calling us to. He's calling us to be out of this sinfulness, out of this sinful world, into the glory that he has for us that our minds can't comprehend the greatness of it. Are you listening? Are you listening to the Spirit of God? Not me but the Spirit of God, what's he saying to your heart? Is your heart pumping? Are you thinking to yourself, Lord, I have failed you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's who Jesus taught us to pray to. Our Father, who art in heaven, he's the one on the throne. No matter what circumstance you have in this world that buffets you and knocks you around, your Father in heaven is on the throne. Your circumstances has not dethroned him. 
What a great God we have. What a great sovereign God over all things and even over humans' um, wickedness in this world. So, my friends, today, that's the beginning part of our introduction to uh, Colossians. And I want you to understand that this word saint is a very important word that you should never, ever read over the top of again because you are called to live a saintly life in this world. And you are called to know that God himself is calling you a saint. It's not just reserved for those who have died hundreds of years ago and uh, some church organisation has decided, yeah, they were pretty good people and uh, we're going to name them saints today. The word saint is, well, we've got football teams with saints, call the saints. I don't know if they do too many saintly deeds, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but I guess if, uh, if I had the choice of being in a football team called the Saints or the one called the Demons, <laughs> hmm. but then there are countries called Saints and then there are, there, are state, there are states in countries that are called Saint. There are cities that are called Saint. So the word Saint has been thrown all around the place and we've lost the biblical meaning of it. And the biblical meaning of it is that we are called out of darkness and out of the way of the flesh and we are called into a life of sacrifice unto Christ our Lord who gave his all on the cross for you and for me. So my friends, you are called to sainthood. And I trust that as you read this passage through further again, that you might remember that salvation is a matter of conviction of sin and we have to preach the law so that people know that they are sinners. Otherwise, why should they repent? You have broken the law of God and it wasn't until I understood that I had broken the law of God but then it doesn't stay there. It goes on to the grace and the mercy of the wonder of our God and Saviour. Conviction, conversion, sanctification and glorification. Which one are you looking forward to? Have you been listening? Have you been listening to the Spirit of God today? It may be that you are hearing the Lord say to you, you are the one that needs saving. It might be that you thought you were saved, but all of a sudden the Spirit of God is saying to your heart, you are the one that needs to be saved. And it might be that you are being called by God today to be converted unto Christ. It might be that you have been converted to Christ and that you have not faithfully gone on strong and, and faithfully serving him, as he says here, the faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. So my friends, I ask you, are you hearing the Spirit of God speak to you today? If you want to uh, share some things with me later on, I'll be happy to uh, talk with you and pray with you. But I call you 
to listen to the Spirit of God speaking to you through the very Word of God that you might know who Jesus is. He is your Saviour. He is your Lord. He is your Redeemer. He is your Creator in the first place. And he is the one who's coming back for you. (coughs) Let us pray. Father in heaven, indeed, we thank you for this great message from the Bible here this morning that you are the one who gives us this, this message, this message of hope that is in Jesus Christ. It is a great new hope in Christ. And Jesus, today, we want to say to you, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that you reached out to us and that you drew us into your lovely, beautiful presence. It is by your grace, by your mercy, that we can call your Father, our Father, who art in heaven. To the glory of our Father, to the glory of our Saviour, and to the glory of the sustaining Holy Spirit of power, we praise you today. Amen. Amen.